Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is director Adam Sulky, and we're talking about his brand new film entitled Intrusion, which will be uh, debuting on Netflix. Very exciting, Adam. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> my God. Yes. Incredibly exciting. A, a year in the making, a lot longer for the writer and the producers. First of all, I loved this movie. Um, it Thank was you. a heart-pounding, uh, edge-of-your-seat uh psychological thriller almost to the bitter end. We're going to quote you on that. Okay, you can. <laughs> Definitely. I'll be happy to do that quote for you. It is an it's an exciting film and there's much to talk about in this movie. But first I want to know how did you how were you attracted to this film? How did you how did this all come about for you? There's so many things that attracted me to it. The movie is like you said, it's just a really gripping suspense film and I I love those movies. I grew up on those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I actually was attracted to the film for personal reasons. Uh, the, the movie is about uh, the protagonist, Mira Parsons, who um, when we meet, we, we learn that she's a breast cancer survivor. And um, at the same age as the character in the film, my best friend went through that journey. When I was reading the script, I just thought it was such a really incredible way of showing someone going from traumatized victim to empowered survivor but in the in the course of a thriller which i thought was really interesting so that's that's what initially drew me to it. And, and that is interesting i mean that that plot line is very interesting uh for this character oh and, and frida pinto gosh she is just so stunning and she, and she and her and and her co-star logan marshall green both are excellent in this film they right. both are and they they they, their chemistry together is 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 fascinating to watch, and 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 how their relationship uh, evolves over a period of time. How did you cast this? Of course, to me, Frida Pinto was a, a breakout performance in Slumdog Millionaire, which of course is a breakout film. Right. Deb Patel also, of course, breakout right. performance. It just was so memorable. Mm-hmm. She always stuck in my mind, and every time I would see her in the work she did, I would just think, "My God, she's so she's so." warm. She's so approachable. And the Mira character is a therapist. So she kind of really had to have that quality. But I'm also very interested in casting in surprises. So my one, a film that I made, I Smile Back, has Sarah Silverman in her first dramatic starring role. And that was obviously a big surprise. But Frida had never done a film like this. She had never done a thriller that has action elements. I actually don't think that an Indian actress has done an American film like this before. It's it's a real first. So I, to me, that was exciting. I just thought Frida amazing and and we have to get her and 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 thankfully she loved it i i um, i agree with you and also that she carries this film i mean you know the i don't think she's ever carried a film by herself i mean logan's there too to play off of but basically it's her movie i believe it, yeah yeah she's the, she's the protagonist and logan to me is is a chameleon mm-hmm. he's that kind of actor who's he's always he looks different he's always completely different in everything he's done he really stood out to me in the film devil in 2010 i, I I saw that and it's just really contained kind of genre thriller. And I just thought he was incredible. And then he, and then I saw him in the invitation and I'm just, my God, he's just completely different in everything that he does. That actually is really great for this movie uh, because the Henry character is someone that we're trying to, you know, get a read on throughout the movie. 
And he is a chameleon in this one, too, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love one of the little touches, and I don't know if it's something that Logan came up with or you did as the director or the costumer, somebody. The fact that his, his shirts were always buttoned up to his throat. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and obviously he's very, I'll use the word anal retentive in this film, too. Everything has to be exact and in its order and all of that. Was that something that was in the script or something that he developed with you? How did that come about? That was a detail that we came up with together. It, it might have been something that Logan pitched, actually. this When I read the script, I was so, there were just so many things about it that I loved. One of the, one of the things was that his, Logan's character is an architect, and I actually know a lot of architects. One of my best friends from growing up is an architect. And I don't know if you've met many architects in your travels, but they mm-hmm. tend to be very curated, very specific. And even if they might have a rumpled shirt on and and it, it untucked and ripped pants, they'll have really unique frames. And so that was something that we wanted to lean into. The house in the film is a house that this character has built for them as a couple to grow old in together after she's gone into remission. So it really is, we, we meet them in this place of hope. Um, um, and and so yeah, all of those details about you know him being a little buttoned up and things having to be exactly how they are to me felt truthful to the architects I know in life. Ah, okay. Well, but let's. How are the architects I know in life going to feel after this, this movie? <laughs> Without giving too much away, you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> don't take it personally, architect. Friends. Really, I hope I hope they don't take it personally at all. Um, the, you brought up the house. Okay, so the house is a whole character. Too yeah. in this film, it's totally one hundred percent another character in this movie. So, did did you find this house, or did you actually build this house for this movie? Because it's meticulous too, and it's lines and 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 where did you film it? Let's talk about all of that. We found the house in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It was a complete needle in a haystack. Um, I wanted the house to be. I knew that the house had to be really unique, architectural. I wanted it to be modern. Um, and as it turns out in Albuquerque, I, I probably should have known this, the, the predominant style is something called Pueblo Revival, right, right. which is not what, not what this house is. So yeah. we were scouring the area and coming up a little bit empty. One day, our cinematographer, Aaron Lynn go, Eric Lynn, goes to the uh, Grip rental house. And he was just saying, hey, do you know any modern houses? And the owner of the Grip rental house said, oh, my good friend lives in this house. Two hours later, we were in the scout van going to go check out this house. We walk in there and the house is spectacular. It's very unique. It is modern. And it also, it had these strange details. It had hallways that went nowhere. It had closets that you would open and there would be nothing but a flat space in there. And I, part of this may have been because it was, they were still working on it. Oh, okay. um, you know, but I mean, it was done, but they had plans. So perhaps those things were a part of the owner's plans for the house, but it just, there were, it was, there, there was a suspense to the house. Um, it's a 10,000 square foot house. So our production designer, Brandon Tyner Connolly did an incredible job changing it into something that would be for these characters and for the story. But the bones were, as they say, in real estate, it had good bones. Had good bones. <laughs> For the filming of this, for sure. So was the film entirely shot inside of this home, or did you also have to build a set? And I don't want to give anything away, so um, so I think you know uh, what I might be alluding to. a very special to. feature. Okay. Um, I'm just kidding. The, uh, the, <laughs> we shot probably two-thirds of the movie in this house. 
um, which was pretty uh, suspenseful in and of itself because this was a film that was made during the fall of 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. One of the, I believe, approximately dozen films that were made during that time, because obviously production shut down. Mm-hmm. And we did have some positive tests while we were filming. Oh, wow. Thankfully, no one got seriously sick, but we did have shutdowns. And so the poor owners rented us this house, but the date that we were needing to get out kept getting longer and longer oh. as the production got delayed. I'm just saying if the owners are listening to this, I feel for you. We tried, our, we tried our best, but most of the filming was in the house. There was a little bit of something we built on a stage, something very special, a surprise, a surprise. for the audience. Because yes. this film does go to a very surprising place. Yes, it does. Uh, and we also filmed five days on location throughout um, Albuquerque and a town just north of it where this film actually takes place called Corrales. So were you always planning on filming it in New Mexico? Was that always the idea? Or was it just that this is where you found the house and decided to film it? It's a great question. The answer is no. So um, as I mentioned, we shot during the peak of the pandemic. And the the script originally was to take, that was a house in the woods. Um, And it was originally supposed to take place in Maine. And you, it was not feasible from a production standpoint and from a safety standpoint to get a crew during the pandemic to Maine. So ultimately it was decided. And, and, and I should say in general, a lot of the decisions were driven by safety. Everyone was passionate about making this film and everyone was passionate about going back to work, of course, but we needed to make sure it was done safely. And Netflix has uh, uh, stages and an infrastructure in mm-hmm. Albuquerque, in New Mexico. Oh. So we decided to go there. That's why I wasn't... Uh, normally, I meticulously plan everything. So I would have known, okay, we can find the house we need there. But I, I didn't know. We went to the place we knew we would have the best chance to, for the whole crew and their families to be safe. And of course, got there and realized we, <laughs> we couldn't find the house until we found the one house. Um, but, uh, but yeah... It's it's pretty amazing that you found and because the house, as I said, it is its own character, and that you found this particular house basically in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? It just or it looks that way. It's in the middle of nowhere, or is that just the way you made it feel? You're reading my face. Uh, there's there's some <laughs> yes. movie magic in there. That, okay, it, it actually was in uh, in a suburban neighborhood in Albuquerque. Oh, okay. and we we use the magic of post production to remove a handful of things I that see. I didn't okay. want you to see to create the isolation right. that is in is in the film. And another thing about the location, which actually is one you know in filmmaking, they talk a lot about happy accidents, things that just mm-hmm. happen that you didn't necessarily plan for. Um, to me, shooting in New Mexico was one of those because how many m- movie, how many thrillers, h- how many movies have you seen where it's like a in the woods and something goes awry. I mean, so many. But how many have you seen where there's a house in the desert? It's just a different vibe. And to me, that was really special. So the the moment New Mexico was floated as something that would be a good option for us, I was all in, um, not knowing what we were going to go through to find what we needed, but uh, we ultimately did. But but that that desert locale, those feelings of isolation, feelings of being trapped – you know, that's what everyone was feeling in the world and, and still is uh, and in a lot of places as the pandemic goes on. But those feelings of being trapped, I would say, you know, if, if, if you think that you felt trapped during the pandemic, just wait till you see this movie. 
I think this works much better than if you had gone to the woods, exactly for the reasons that you just stated. We've seen so many movies where, you know, the house is in the woods and there, you know, I mean, lots of them. (laughs) I mean, we can go through, I'm sure if we had to find a curator to find that out, there would be millions of them. And so this works much better. It, it, it worked yeah. much, for me it, as a, as a viewer, it worked much better. Um, this is a peek behind unique. the curtain for, for some people, but I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Uh, I think it just worked better. Go ahead. Oh, great. You know, peek behind the curtain and making movies for some people, but you know, it will happen that a state name, name XYZ state will all of a sudden say we have a tax credit right? and then production will, will, you know, <clears throat> hundreds of films will be shot there. And then you won't even, you know, you might subtly notice it, but then for years, a lot of the films you see are shot in similar locations and they all kind of look the same. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so this, this, was, this was an opportunity to go against that trend. And it works. And it works. It, oh, it works really well. Yeah, it really Thank works you. well. You're yeah, welcome. That's great. You're welcome. How did Netflix, did, 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 um, did, was Netflix involved from the very beginning? And because you said they had studios, they have studios in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were involved from the beginning or was this a film that you did and then Netflix purchased it afterwards? So how did it's that a, all work? Great question. It's a Netflix original, um, but it was something that was developed outside of Netflix and that Netflix essentially purchased bef- before I even knew it existed. So the writer, Chris Sparling and producers, Josh Weinstock, and Russ Hollander, Alexander Milshin, and Kyle Ben uh, developed the script and showed it to Netflix. And Netflix said, yes, we will make this. And then one of the things they were missing was a director. Um, and then it turned out that uh, Josh, one of the producers, I had met tw- almost 12 years ago when I first moved to L.A., and um, we had a com- great conversation back then, but there wasn't necessarily any business to be done. And so when the script became available for someone to direct, um, it turned my agent, uh, Harley Copen and ICM had a, uh, a conversation with him and he remembered me. And that's how I read the script for the first time. And then it really was on me to come to them and, ex- and, and express to them my take on the movie, you know, what what kind of film I would ultimately make. And um, thankfully, I was able to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've done a fabulous job doing it. That's an interesting story. I mean, I love it when serendipity, right? Um, you met yeah. him 12 years ago. That's a long time. And that, yeah, it really is a you never know kind of thing. Yeah, especially um, in Hollywood. You kinds of people. Yeah, you meet all kinds of people. You don't, you know, it, it, a lot of, you never know what's going to come out, of, come out of those interactions. And this was one that actually led to this project coming together. Um, and that was just really special yeah it is see um what else have you done what uh, what other films have you done that we've seen or is this your oh, first yeah. feature length no actually um it's my fourth feature film Fourth, okay my first one is uh um sort of indie feature that uh sort of sundance indie that came out in 2009 called dare um starring emmy rossum and zach Guilford, Alan Cumming. Okay, good. And uh, my second film is I Smile Back, which um, came out in 2015, which starred Sarah Silverman. Uh, and I also made a movie for television called The College Admission Scandal, about the college admission scandal. Really? That's my big joke. Um, uh, which is uh, really just very fun portrayal of something that is really sad, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And so do you have another project you're working on now or are you just at this point getting this one out there? So many. Well, I'm focused (laughs) on this one, but I I actually I'm I'm planning on directing another thriller next. 
I can't say too much about it. Okay. Um, but it is, uh, uh, in some ways, the mirror image. Uh, sorry, mi- sorry, mirror image. In some ways, it's in some ways the mirror image of this movie, um, and really uh, also incredibly suspenseful with a big twist at the end. So hopefully, we'll be hearing more about that one soon. But right now, I'm really excited about Intrusion coming out. Um, I just feel like this film hope I think speaks to some of the anxieties of the moment. Um, and, uh, you know, really to me communicates this thing that I found very interesting thematically, which is the terrifying unknowability of people and how that blind spot with the people you're closest to can be even scarier than cancer. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting uh, analogy there. It's a tough movie to talk about because there's so much we can't talk about. I know. know. How do we do that? We have to talk around (laughs) all of the surprises in this film. And, um, and it's just, it's the kind of thing you have to see. There's a moment towards the end of the film where things shift. And I, and I do believe it's something that audiences are really just going to be completely surprised by. I agree with you. I mean, as I said, this was, you know, edge of the seat kind of movie, you know, when you're kind of gripping, you know, watching it and going. Yeah, and you're, you're, you are describing my pitch to Netflix as to why I should direct the movie. So if it worked, <laughs> then they make good decisions over there. At that company. Well, show this interview to Netflix and you can tell them. That I'm your audience. <laughs> Look, in the end, they chose. It was really, it was them. Um, so yes. uh, ho- hopefully it was a good. It was an excellent choice, Adam. I really, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I as I said, this is, it, this is a fun movie. It's exciting. I, you know, movies have to, like everybody, right? Especially in today's world, there's so much content out there. Believe it or not, yeah. there's tons and tons to choose from. And so yeah. I'll start watching something. And if it doesn't grab me in the first 10 minutes next, you know, on to something else. Obviously, I had to watch this movie for the interview, but... Okay. But I, I, won't I love hold that against you. It. Thank you. I loved it. I mean, it, it really it, it drew me in. You know, the characters drew me in, and you're on a ride. You're just on this ride, and it's a real fascinating ride. Uh, you're right. We can't give away anything. We don't want to give away anything in this film, but it's it's uh, oh, it's well worth everybody's time. I'm going to tell everyone if you have a Netflix subscription, you know, go watch Intrusion when it it premieres in September uh, or this month. And thank you yeah, so much. So, oh, you're so welcome. I really really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. No, it's my pleasure. It really is. Let's talk about the Frida Pinto and Logan Marshall Green's chemistry on the set. And what was that like, directing both of them? Since we can't give away any part of the movie, we can talk about the process. We can. can. I'm a very, very, very lucky director. These are two actors. First of all, I want to talk about their courage. They're the only people on the set who had to go maskless. Obviously, Mm. on the film, they're not. You see their faces. At this moment, at the moment we filmed, no vaccine they were willing to do that. I was very humbled by that courage. And, and I think everyone on set was very respectful of it. Mm-hmm. They, they really came because they love this film. They love this story. And they care so much about filmmaking and about people going back to work, which is, you know, so much of what we were able to do in making this film because no one was working at the time. Their on-set chemistry was, was, was really incredible. I mean, it just felt, you know, one of the early films, we can talk about this. One of the early scenes is a date, date night between this, this really lovely couple. And that was one of the early scenes we filmed. So it 
really was kind of right away. They were laughing. It really, to me, it felt like they were on a date and uh, it was, it was so much fun to do. The, the other thing I'll say about both of them and, and in this way, they're both similar. And I love this is that they both have strong point of view about their characters, but not just their characters, but how their characters fit within the context of the story. So my early conversations about with them were about their characters, but it was also about the story as a whole and how it functions. And I can just say that was so helpful to me as a director to work with collaborators who who have that, like they understand what is needed for their character character to sing, but also for the whole movie to work. Well, their chemistry is very... Um, you felt it? So, but yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. And you're okay. right about that opening date night scene that was a cute scene too, and how it comes up again later, you know, how, yeah. uh, you know, how it was all tied in, you know, and, and that doesn't always happen in a movie, but it, it definitely ties in, into that. Other than filming around the pandemic, what was the most difficult part of making this movie? The most difficult part, personally, was, it's so funny, it's hard to separate it from the pandemic, Mm -hmm. in a way, but um, I didn't see my family for three months. That was really tough. Um, I was iPad dad and uh, reading a lot of stories to my kids while I was gone. That was definitely the hardest part. As far as the production it's it's very it's very interesting normally things that would be very easy to film were next to impossible so for example we were given regulations that we could only have 25% occupancy in a space so what does that mean if the fire code says you can have 10 people in a the room then you're allowed 2.5 people in that room well what are you supposed to do if you have a scene in a bathroom with two actors so okay you're already at 2 you need a camera person, you need a boom operator. So all of a sudden, these scenes that normally the assistant director would schedule would take two hours, an hour, an hour and a half, two hours to film, all of a sudden it takes seven. So that that was really the toughest part was contending with all of these strange uh, new ways that we have to make films now. So that, that was really, to me, those were the two toughest, two, excuse me, two toughest things. So um, the filming was took three months to film this movie? So eight weeks of prep. So we're in Albuquerque for eight weeks and then 25 days of shooting. shooting. And then it actually, as I mentioned, it stretched on a little bit because we had some shutdowns, unfortunately. Although the small silver lining there is that the cinematographer and the assistant director and I used that time to actually continue to prepare the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that strange way, we were able to be more prepared because of some of the curveballs that the pandemic threw our way. So when did you actually f- uh, finish filming this? You said you started in September of last year. Started in September and we finished um, in early December. So you really didn't have a whole lot of time to edit it before it's being released now. About three months of editing. I'd always take more. The yeah. biggest, uh, the biggest enemy of the director is time. Right, the clock is always ticking, and um, you know, thankfully, I had a really incredible editor. His name's Ben Bowdwin, and uh, and uh, he actually cut a film that was in one of the films that I was very inspired by in making this film, which is The Gift, written and directed by Joel mm. Edgerton. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we had a really great collaboration, very in, you know, very intense putting this film together um, for the first two months of which remotely. So I was in Northern California, and we were using a sort of somewhat fancy zoom to see each other and uh you know edit remotely and then we were actually able to start editing in person with masks and all that later on at the end it's just amazing with with the pandemic, I was just having this conversation in my other interview, how, how everything has changed so dramatically um, in the way that we do our work nowadays. And what did we do without Zoom before? Uh, it's been amazing. It's, you know, yeah. that, that it's hard to separate the making of this film from the moment in which it was made in that way. 
Um, that's just, it's just a sort of baked in, but you're not going to see any masks in the film. No, no. Thank goodness. Thank it's goodness. all people, brave actors who are willing to, to do it, to yeah. do it with us. Well, it's a great film. It's exciting. It's a, it, it really is. And everyone, please check out Intrusion on Netflix. It's a, you'll, it, it's a, it's well worth your time and energy and you will en- definitely enjoy the ride. It's a great ride. Adam, Thank I wish you, so you much, m- Oh, you're so welcome, Adam. I wish you much success with this and I look forward to having you back on the show with your next film. Would love to do it. Yeah. Love, Thank you so much. Anytime. Great, great. Love to have you back on. If you have missed any of the Jam Price Show's All About Movies, you can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, or you can listen on anywhere where you get your podcast on the iHeart Podcast Net- Network, Apple, Google, iTunes. You name it, we are there. Our YouTube channel. Go check out our YouTube channel and please subscribe and uh, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at The Jam Price Show. Thank you all for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.